Hello, good morning. I forgot I'm preaching. I was so engaged in the service. Let me explain how this works. Every Tuesday, I believe, Thursday, Nathan sends email for us about the schedule. What's going to, ha what's going to happen the next Sunday? So have this, and they'll be singing kids' church. But I was so engaged in the kids' church and everything. Oh, I'm preaching. So, hello, good morning. <laughs> uh, kids' church is amazing. I really enjoy. First Corinthians chapter 12. Good morning for you in this camera who is watching from home. Welcome. And here in this main hall, we are about to share the word of God. Keep here with me in the next few minutes. I'm sure God will speak to you and me as well. There is something for us this morning here. It's always good to be here. So let's read 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Um, just a few verses from 12 to 14. Chapter 12 from 12 to 14. I want to share something uh, with you. We are talking about this series about the body, church as a body, body of Christ. Um, there's many analogies or, uh, about church in the Bible. Sometimes the Bible calls church as a bride, as a lady. And sometimes, we're going to see now, as a body. First uh, Corinthians 12. No, I need to open my Bible, First Corinthians 12. Uh, verse 12. Just as a body... Though one has many parts, but all its many parts from one body, so it's with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whatever Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, right or left wings, all of us. And we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now, go with me into verse 27. 27, here. Now, you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for this morning. Thank you, Lord, because your word is available for us, and it's powerful, and we want to drink from you, Lord, this morning. Thank you. Speak with us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Guys, did you notice something? Sometimes we, we get together, but we don't talk to each other. Let me explain better. Let's visit the grandparents, and then you have the kids and everybody, yes, let's go, and then you are there, everybody talking about everything and cooking, but then the boys and girls, they are in every corner in the house in their phones, or in your workplace or school, you're talking with some friends about, I don't know, everyday city things, uh, oh, and my zodiac signs on Aries. No, we don't have this conversation in the church. But, you know, every day in the workplace, what will be the next sentence in this conversation? And Aries, the other person will say, oh, I'm Taurus. Or if you say, oh, my oldest, uh, in, the, in the coffee place, in the workplace, or here in the church uh, at the end of the service, oh, my oldest son now is 19. What will be the next sentence? Oh, my daughter is 15. 
We are not listening to each other. We are talking only about ourselves. Test. If you get married, two days, you just <laughs> know how this works. When you get home and you say, oh, I'm so tired, what will be the next sentence? <laughs> Me too. <laughs> or, I don't know, I'm so tired and headache, and the other person says, I'm migraine. <laughs> it's this competition. We're always talking about ourselves, even in everyday language, or it's part of our culture. Everything is for me. So our culture is a kind of individualistic culture. Selfish maybe is a strong word, but kind of. I don't want to say selfish, but I did. Uh, we just think about ourselves, my career, my plans, my family, my car. I came from a big, big city in Brazil, Sao Paulo. So I have all that buildings and people live uh, in all that buildings. It, uh, it was funny to see when they were running to take the lift to not wait for the next person, just to go alone in the lift for, for the floor. Because you know that weird moment in the lift with that person, oh, hello, hello, and then. Oh, you see the weather, oh, you see the petrol is increasing the price. We kind of don't like. We don't like the people interrupting us and dinner table calling. We don't like uh, to share stuff. I want to finish this church, get my car, and go for, to eat with my kids and my family. It's part of us and everywhere. We are kind of consumers, okay? So, sometimes, you have the same mindset when you talk about church and, and, and God. We became like consumers as well. Oh, I can consume a good service on YouTube. I have the best worship bands and great preachers. I just put on YouTube and I can have my private uh, service. Because everything today is, is, is very customer fit. It's for, for the customer. It's like church is a big restaurant, pastors or leaders, they are like managers trying to please the clients all the time, otherwise the clients will not be satisfied and they can change to another restaurant. So the service has to be good, the food has to be amazing, uh, and everything. I was talking this two weeks ago uh, with another pastor and he was saying, oh, the people, they stop to come to the church because they are going to another church because they have that big, uh, what's the name? That big toys for, for the kids when they jump and, yes, this kind of, almost a fun fair in the church. <laughs> They're going there. So he needs to buy another equipment like this for his own church. We are trying to please our consumers. And sometimes in this religious market, you can have on the shelves your products about God. Because faith is different than belief. You see, I can have faith. We have faith. Any person can have faith. I believe in God. God exists and I surrender my life to him. This is faith. But what I think about God is a belief. So times I believe in in my own theology, in my own points of view about God, and the things that I believe about God, my opinions about God, is my points of view. Sometimes the Bible is not approving, but it's my private God, my private faith, because everything's about me. This is our culture. 
It's very um, individual, individualistic. We are almost saying, let us make God in our image and our likeness. I have my own faith. And then suddenly, and behind the scenes in heaven, the Trinity, they were having a chat, and then, hmm, I have an idea. What if we create some kind of community where they need to love each other? Oh, this is a good idea. And more than this, they need not just love those who are far away in Brazil or Africa, but those guys that they see in every weekend. Because it's easy to love someone in Afghanistan. It's hard to love someone in this corridor or every weekend. And what if you create this kind of community more than love? And what if they have this kind of dependency on each other? Oh, are you saying like a body? Yes, like a body with different members. All of them connect depending on the head. Voila, this is church. Look, this idea. And now we have this text here. We just read now. If you have your Bible open at home or here, have a look on verse 21 and 22, what he's saying here. Verse 21, he's saying, Lord, the I is almost teaching for kids. Look, the I cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. It's like this morning if your liver just say, I don't want work today. Or your <laughs> kidney. Uh, today I'm not feeling well, I don't want to work. Wow, you have a collapse, you have lots of problems. So the eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, ah, I don't need you. Verse 22. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. So first of all, church here is a recognition of dependency and importance. You are important. Every person here is important. We are different members, different characteristics, but we depend on each other. So church community is a challenge against our, our individuality culture. Church community is a challenge where I decide to love, to depend on each other. Church is not an audience. Because to, big, uh, to have a big or to build a big audience, ah, it's not so hard. We can hire the best musicians and worship band here and some equipment and lights and smoke and a great speaker or, or a preacher, a cool, fancy guy, or ah, he doesn't need to preach the whole gospel, but kind of self-help, life coaching stuff with Jesus in the middle. You'll be amazing. We have crowns here. But this is not a church. This is just audience. It's just people coming to listen to community. It's dependence. I need Anna. She needs me. I need the kids' church. And we need each other. Now, in Acts chapter 4, verse 30, 36, there is an amazing uh, picture about church. In that first church... The early church, there was a guy in the church. His name was Joseph. But you know that 
kind of person, when you look to his face, say, ah, you don't look like Joseph. You could be called Nikki. He looks like Nikki. You don't look like Joseph. Okay, the name is not matching with the guy. We had this in Acts chapter 4, when the apostles of the church, they looked to Joseph and said, uh, you look like, uh, I have a new name for you, Barnabas. They gave Barnabas his nickname. For, well, what means Barnabas? Son of encouragement. Why? Because probably he was this kind of guy. At the end of the service, in the coffee area, he was this kind of guy. Are you sad today? How are you feeling? Let's have a, let's, let's have a talk. Well, how is your heart? How is your family? Tell me everything. Let me pay a pizza for you. Let's have a coffee together. Let's have a lunch together. He was all the time giving encouragement for the people in the church. So you know this kind of person, when you talk with this guy, and after 10 minutes, you feel better. You feel, wow, this makes me feel good. He's a good person. Was this Joseph, Barnabas, encouraging people in the church, not depending on the apostle, the pastor. No, he was just one guy in the church. This is church. When we know the names and surnames and kids' names of each other, we know the families. We miss you. We long to see you. Oh, I miss you. I remember when I was a kid. I was raised in the church and I had a lot of uh, youth camps. But in my church, we didn't have something like huge, like New Day or all these big things. As a local church, you used to go to, to have camps with the kids. I remember when we um, were back in our daily life, I was looking forward for the weekend. I need to see this. Sorry, we didn't have internet, OK? And the rainbow was black and white another time. So we're depending on the weekend to see th that friend, to stay together again. The sense of belonging, of that community. I don't care about the name, the brand of the church. That community was, was like a, a body. I cannot work well without my hands or my fingers. Have a test, though. No, don't have this test. But if you just cut off your smallest toe, <laughs> You not walk properly anymore. A body. I like this. So, a few years ago, I shared this story about uh, church. And uh, let me repeat. Maybe if you, you listen again, maybe it's the first time. So, in this time, I was a kid in the church, and we had Jesse. Jesse was that brother who used to come every weekend and to sit in the same corner. I'm sure we don't have this here, just in Brazil, but in the same seat, in the same pew, in that corner near to the wall every weekend. And then um, he started to sleep in the service. So every service, I was a kid. For me, it was just, OK, another joke, a call for the other friends. I looked just as sleeping and taking note about the funny things in the church. And just said, he was sleeping in the corner with his head in the wall. After some time, he started snoring. Not loud, but you know. And then I was raised in this church, was a mix between Pentecostal and, and traditional church. Sometimes we have the 
beautiful hymns. I love hymns. And, and then with that book of hymns. Do you have book of hymns here as well? Yeah? To sing in the old days? I surrender all, all this. Yeah? So it was the same. And then uh, it was funny because everybody singing, I surrender all. I surrender all. Very timely, in the, the right pace. <laughs> that was just. Now, last week, I was on the Facebook, and I saw the same church. Now they have a Facebook page. Jesse was there. He was awake. He was in the, in the photo. He's still there. When I saw his uh, picture, his photo there, came lots of affectionate memories. Because he was a lovely guy, always serving the church, and he's still there. He's getting old now. He's always part rooted in that community. He's not a famous guy. He was a taxi driver, uh, working overnight sometimes. He was tired, but he was in the church. After the service, oh, hello, hello. And he used to invite people to his house. Lovely guy. And these memories were so beautiful for me. Until now, I'm 43, I still remember this. All these conversations in the corridor, in the groups, in the small groups. This is church. I love to be part of church. So I think it's dangerous in our days because the technology, which is good, but sometimes dangerous because the people will just stay at home watching this mega church, but with no connection. We know Jesus. We know stories to tell. Looking for this amazing online church, but I don't know their names. I don't know who is who. If I'm sick, I don't have anyone to call to pray for me. Uh, it's dangerous because it keeps feeding my individualistic lifestyle. Here, Paul is saying church is a body. I want to invite you to open Ephesians chapter 3, verse 10. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 10. Look, look how beautiful is this. His intent, he's talking about Jesus. His intent was that now, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities and the heavenly realms. What he's saying? He's saying in the second place that church is offensive to the devil. Church is offensive to, because all these rulers and the heavenly realms uh, and authorities in the heavenly realms, he's talking about demons. Why church is offensive? Because why the culture and the prince of this world, the Bible says, the, the enemy keeps feeding my selfish lifestyle with everything. He looks to this kind of community, small community, where everybody works together. We have employers and employees. We have different generations. Everybody in the same meeting, in the same families there, loving each other, forgiving each other, walking the second mile, helping each other, serving each other. And the devil feels, no. Church is offensive against my selfish lifestyle. When I need to say yes to someone, when I open my house to receive someone from the church. When I offer something for someone, 
I'm beating, I'm going against my own nature because my nature is evil. Church is a sign for the society that there is possible to live a life in a different way. We are showing for everybody and for demons it's possible to live on dependency of each other as a family. Um, it's amazing when you read some Psalms in the Bible that the Israel in the Old Testament, three times a year they used to go to the church. Their church was called the temple. Three times a year, okay? So from different places and villages and towns, can you imagine they're preparing their bags and everything? Oh, let's go to the church, to the temple. It, it was a long journey, walk distance, some when the horses, but was so expensive. The most part of people, they used to walk in the big groups to the church. Days and days walking to get in the church in Jerusalem. And in this journey, they used to sing. Sing songs of worship and praising God. And the kids and the families, uh, I can imagine when they were walking the valleys and hills and everything, when they saw Jerusalem from distance, wow, we are almost there, we are nearly there. And their hearts was this kind of expectation to be together with the other families and relatives, to eat together, to celebrate God together. And you read this in Psalms, and from 120 to 134, there is Psalms about the songs, the lyrics of the songs that they used to sing in this journey. We call these a pure pilgrimage psalms. It's the psalms they were singing in the way to achieve their target, the church. And there's a beautiful one. You know very well. I rejoiced with those who said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. So let us go. And they went in this journey. When they get there, verse 2, our feet are standing in our gates, Jerusalem. Can you imagine this? I'm just arriving in the parking space in the church. My feet is here. <laughs> arriving here. It's not about the temple or God's presence. We know this. In those days, God's presence was there. In our days, God's presence is among us. But this gathering as a body should create in my heart this expectation. I want to see my brothers and sisters there. I want to get to know more of them. I want to celebrate Jesus together. It's the assembly of God's people. So when you're talking these uh, sermons about church, we are talking against our private God, our selfish lifestyle, and we are saying, yes, there is possibility. It is possible to be part of a community who loves each other. This is a body of Christ. In 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15, Paul says, The church of the living God is the pillar and foundation of the truth. Why we are saying all this in these last Sundays? Because in our culture, it's not only about selfish lifestyle. It's always in, um, as well against the, oh, I don't need church. I don't need church, I don't need to belong to anywhere. We were talking with some friends, very hurted about some community church. 
and they say, ah, I don't need this. I can stay in my home. And looks, it looks nice, looks cool, this kind of statement. We can stay with some friends, and we, we can have communion here, we can have fellowship here, we can stay together sometimes, we can have a coffee. But if you see in your Bible, have 13 letters addressed to church, the church in Ephesus, the church in Thessalonica, church in, uh, plus Revelation, many, they were local churches. And yes, the body, sometimes one uh, limb or member, we say in English, of the body, it's not related to the other one, or what my eye is about my finger. But if you just cut your finger, what's the first member who you have a look? <laughs> <laughs> or if you have something in your eye, what's the first guy who will just show up in your eye? <laughs> oh, what's happening here? It's this is church. I'm not so good in this part, my brother is. I don't know how to preach, I know who, who knows how. I don't know how to play, I know who's how. I don't know how to deal with kids, I know. I don't, I don't know how to do admin, I don't know how to evangelize someone, I know who is. This is church. So I want to pray. Why I want to pray? Because a few days ago, I shared with some guys here in the church. I was watching um, uh, IGTV on Instagram of another church. They are our friends, part of our family. And I saw um, uh, the anniversary of the church, 44 years anniversary of this church. And they had this uh, short documentary, eight minutes only, remembering the beginning of that church. Was Terry Virgo there? Nigel was there as well. They were talking about the beginning. And it, it is beautiful. And oh, after you start here in this small house, and the people were there, and then they start to share about the experience of those days. Oh, how nice is, how beautiful, uh, how nice was, how beautiful was those days. In the same moment that I saw that video and I felt very happy, and then I started to feel worried. Okay, the flame was in this generation. The flame is still in, 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 in this generation, but in the next generation. They don't pay the same price as me. They are being raised now. I need to teach them to love the church, to love the people of God, the assembly of the saints, like the Bible says. So I would like to pray for you, not only about Crawley Community Church, but I would like to pray for you, for, uh, with you for the next generation. God. Teach us to help us to teach them to love your church, to feel part of your body. There is many things we can say about church. We can talk about the church as a bride of Jesus or the movement out of the church, the evangelism, and we will. But now we are talking about what is church? Is church a body? Dependency, love, importance. I need to teach this for the next generations. I would like to pray with you. Let's stand for a second. The Bible also says that the church is a bride. Can you imagine the bridegroom just left for a journey and he said to us, hey, look after my bride. 
Oh, yeah, sure. So you need to feed my bride, look after her, keep her healthy. Oh, okay. And then someday I will be back to have a party, a celebration uh, of wedding with my bride. Okay, okay, that's fine. And then he left. And now we are looking after the bride. But then with the time, the bride looks like, mm, the bride is out of date. It's, the bride just looks like it's getting old with some wrinkles. And then ah, I will prepare something different from the bride. And then we start to dye her hair and put some different clothing, more attractive or sensual, to be more attractive for people. And we stop to feed the bride. Oh, I think the bride needs to lose weight. And then the bride is there and is becoming weak. What do you think the bridegroom will do when he will be back? Because the beauty of the bride is her purity is her love for the bridegroom. Church is something holy. I don't have authorization to change the bride. And you are part of this. I'm part of the bride of Jesus. It's a privilege to be part of a local church. Lord Jesus, I want to pray. Help us to teach the next generation, not to be bitter about church, not to be complainers with criticism, because sometimes it's easier for us to become more critics than worshipers. Help us to teach them to love your bride. Help us to see our brothers and sisters as another part of the body, and to trust and to love them, to depending on them, to, to invite them to be close to us. We are not in a competition. There is no threats here. We are part of your body, and we depend on the head, who is Jesus. Jesus, you are the head of the church. Bless your church. Feed your church. Help your church. Help us. We are yours, Lord. When we love you, Help us to see each family of the church or uh, as my brother and sister. Help us to be more welcoming. Help us to be more uh, hospitable with each other. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, guys.